This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. It's your weekly blitz with Chris, keeping you in the game. Good morning, everyone. Coach Chris Cotton here from AutoFix Auto Shop Coaching, where I work hard to support your auto repair shop success. As you get into today's episode, you may know someone in your network who can benefit from today's topic. So please take time to share personally or through your social network. If you have an idea for a show topic or just want to talk, feel free to get with me at chris at autofixsos.com. Let's get started with episode 84, Pride of Ownership, Building Company Pride. Where we're going to end up in this one, uh, is not where we're going to start. Hopefully, you, you can stay with me on it. Um, I know shocker, right? Like Chris, Chris goes from one topic to another, but I promise I think it'll make a great, great topic and it'll make a great listen. Where this comes from in the Pride of Ownership and Building Company Pride is a recent trip uh, Kimberly and I took. We jumped in the camper van. We did 5,400 miles in 28 days. We had a uh, service center scholars meeting in Milwaukee. We also had uh, ASTE. I was teaching a class in Raleigh, North Carolina. And so we just drove and made a big loop, came back through Florida, Texas to see our daughter, Norman for a football game, uh, Dallas for the OU Texas game. Whew, that hurt. But anyway, so we're on this drive. We're out of Colorado, Kansas. We get up into Iowa. And first of all, oh my God, the corn, everybody. If you've never driven from like Kansas, Nebraska, Iowa, Wisconsin, in through there, it's just like 20 hours of corn. Uh, It's never ending. And the running joke between me and Kimberly was like, oh, corn. Now I know why they put corn in everything is because they have a lot of corn to share with everybody, I guess. So, So we get through and we're, you know, we're in Iowa, Nebraska, Wisconsin, we're driving by these huge, I guess, um, family farms. And of course, you got corn as far as the eye can see. But you drive by a farmer's house or, or what I would expect would be a farmer's house. They have like 10 acres. It's like immaculate, immaculately mowed. There's flowers out. There's American flag out. You drive four miles through all the rest of the corn. And there's another house exactly the same way. You know, I grew up in Oklahoma and Texas around a lot of family farms. Maybe it's just because we're not very green down there sometimes. And by green, I mean like we have water and we can grow stuff. It's just a completely different look and it's a completely different feel. I, I don't know how how to describe it other than just Marika, right? For crying out loud. Like you drive through um, America when you drive through those places and you really see everything. And and. I felt just driving through and and riding the swelling of pride and proud to be an American and everything else. And I was just amazed at the pride of ownership that all these people took in their farms, in in their just every day. And and what we were doing is we were going, I skipped this earlier, um, I have a great client, Tara Topol, Tara and Dan. Um, in Lake Mills, Wisconsin, and they were having a grand opening on their shop that they that they've been fighting for years to get open and, and get done and get taken care of. We turn off the highway, we turn into this town, and it's just like 
house after house after house of mowed yard, American flag, flowers, just everywhere. And then you get to to their shop and it's the same thing. The shop is is beautiful. It was just amazing. It was an amazing experience and amazing to live through and go through. Also, they had a grand opening event there and the Service Center Scholars jumped on a bus from Milwaukee and, and rode over. And just the community outpouring was amazing. Hundreds and hundreds of people in the morning and hundreds and hundreds of people in the afternoon in a small town in Lake Mills, Wisconsin. I don't, I don't remember what the population is there, but it was at least double what I was expecting. I think it was double what Tar and Dan were expecting as well. But again, just to see this community and everything and the way it looked and just so clean. And I say all that to say this. I was constantly disappointed on this trip after we left Wisconsin in that area. Some of the other areas we went by, just dirty and run down and tired and exhausted. You know, we'd go into a building, go into business, and the 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 parking lot's trashed, overflowing trash bins. The windows haven't been cleaned in months. And I know I've talked about this before, but I don't think I've dedicated an episode to it and how that fits into company pride and everything. You know, you go inside, the tables aren't clean, again, trash spilling out, bathrooms, oh my gosh. You go into the bathroom and the toilet seat flies off into the floor uh, or there's no toilet paper or whatever. It's just it's just on and on and on. You know, I was thinking about this episode as as we drive around and come back and I'm like, as business owners, what is the image of your business? And, and one, how far does it extend? But how does it affect what we do. You know, there are people searching your business all around, all all, all out. Uh, I got a shop in Tucson, Arizona. About a year ago, we had a technician call us up, said, hey, I'm moving from Utah. I've been uh, website stalking all the shops in Tucson, and I want to come to work for you if it's a fit and we like each other and everything. And the shop owner was like, okay, so we paid to have him come down. We do a walk through everything else, interview, boom, he comes down. Now it's a year later, and one of his friends that worked with him up in the shop, um, he's been telling him how awesome it is, how Tucson is and everything, and now that technician wants to come down. So I say that to make this point. Again, what is the image of your business and how far does it extend? I'm going to kind of go in the ditch here in a minute and talk about pride of ownership some more. And I'm going to equate it to owning a home because if you look up pride of ownership, it's pretty much all about the home and not about the business. But but however you keep your home, I want you to keep your business that way. So let's go a little bit deeper and I'm going to go through my notes here. Hopefully I can put a bow on everything and wrap this up. But I just want you to think like, I don't know, I was amazed, honestly, at just going through these communities and seeing how beautiful they were. And that's how I want your business to look. And I I want it to look that way on your website, your social media. I've had some shop owners here lately that have been like, hey, Chris, I want to talk. And I go on their website and look, and the website pictures are eight years old. It doesn't reflect the business or it doesn't paint us in a very big light or very good light. So hopefully you understand the comparison that I'm going to make. Okay. Bear in mind with me while I switch from, from the house to the business. Okay. You know, what exactly does the term really say to you when you see, see pride of ownership, describe a house that's either currently on the market and being sold. Um, 
To me, it means that the individuals living there have been proud to have been homeowners. And once you see the house, you realize how proud those people really were. So when someone says that a house shows pride in ownership, we know that the owner has taken great care to maintain their house, uh, making sure that things are fixed as soon as they break, as opposed to years later when everything's begun to fall apart. Now, I want you to think about that. Like This is where the comparison comes in. Making sure that the inside and outside are clean and tidy on a regular basis so that they look as good or even better than when the house was originally attained, as opposed to not doing anything and letting things get really dirty or bad. Being pride means we've placed our business at the top of our priority list, and the better we take care of that business, the longer we'll last. You know, knowing that a business owner has done their very best to make their business look as good as they possibly can is what I think when I hear that someone has taken pride in ownership. Maybe there's a new word, pride in businessship. I don't know what that, what that is. Pride in business ownership. AutoLeap is a cloud-based all-in-one auto repair software that helps to keep complete track of your business from scheduling appointments to managing technicians to generating invoices. Supercharge your growth with AutoLeap. Customers that fully adopt AutoLeap see the following benefits in their first year. 30% revenue growth, with top customers seeing over 100% growth, 75% decrease in no-shows, allowing you to service more customers, three times increase in positive Google reviews, leading to stronger online presence, 50% time saved on administrative tasks, driving increase in operational efficiency. Do it all with AutoLeap. Key features and functions include estimates, invoices, scheduling, Google reviews, inspections, communication, QuickBooks, reporting. Get in touch with AutoLeap to see how you can transform your auto repair shop. For a limited time, if you schedule a demo, sign up with AutoLeap and they will waive the $250 implementation fee. Back to the home. When the time comes to sell your home, what do you do? You take the extra time to clean up the fan that you've been meaning to get to. You fix the broken screen that's been on your to-do list for a year. You fix the garage door so that it finally works. You fix the broken sprinkler head so that your lawn isn't half dead. You show the prospective buyer that you care about the house that you're about to sell to them and they too will care. As a prospective buyer, a well-kept home translates into um, one that's in the best condition that it can possibly be. Why wouldn't they want to live in a house that's been well cared for? Why wouldn't your business be the exact same way? Think of it this way. You're selling your home, quote, every time a customer drives into and parks in your parking lot. Like every time your front front door opens and that chime goes off, you're selling your home to that person. So when using the term pride in ownership, it's expected that the house will look its very best. And if it doesn't, then the prospective buyer is going to walk away disappointed. Your customer is going to walk away disappointed knowing that someone didn't really care and it shows. The same thing happens in your business every day. You want to know why your one-time customer visits are up. Ask the people that only came in one time. Maybe it's the fact that your, your lid your lid, your toilet seat fell off the toilet when they went in there. Maybe the mirror was dirty. Maybe it can be as simple as that. And the reason why I know is because it's as simple as that for me. If I go to a place that's thrashed, I'll turn around and walk out. Okay. So that's my comparison to, to a perfectly kept home to your business. Have pride in your business. And now I want to get into the thought about building company pride. 
Okay. I did an on-site visit once and noticed that some of the employees came in their street clothes and got dressed at work. You know, at first it wasn't too alarming because I've, I've seen that before. And, but it d- ended up becoming more alarming the way more I talked with employees and I asked them what they said when people asked where they worked. It turned out that they all found ways to give vague answers to keep people from knowing they worked at this business. Like these, some of these employees have been there five, six, seven years. And and they were ashamed to work there. Like they they left there in their street clothes and came in their street clothes. And if they went to the grocery store, it was not in their work uniform. How sad is that? And honestly, I, I questioned them, why are you still here? And they're like, well, the pay is good and I don't want to look for another job. But if somebody from another business came in and, and said, hey, would you like to work for us? I would probably leave. And I think a lot of that's what's happening now. There are some shops out there that look great, have great benefits, great pay packages, great incentives. And those are the shops that are getting the people and and the really, really good people, the people that have pride in the business. Okay. You know, that shop had the lowest level of pride I've ever measured in my life. And, and how does pride affect an organization? Some people may think that not liking where they work doesn't affect an employee's performance, but you'd be wrong. The greatest evidence to that fact is is summarized in one phrase that some of us hear. It's not my job or it's not in my job description. Employees who lack pride don't feel a sense of ownership and are not willing to go the extra mile. So as a leader, what can I do? What can we do to instill pride in team members? And I, I found some different areas that that most significantly impact company pride. And and as I try to, to, to write about leadership and expand on my Maxwell stuff, this is what I've come up with. Satisfaction and engagement. You know, the first cousins of pride are satisfaction and engagement. If employees were satisfied with the organization, they're satisfied with their job and had a high level of engagement, they were proud. If they were dissatisfied and unengaged, they had low levels of pride. These two dimensions are so highly correlated that it's difficult to tell which came first. But, you know, if you want to increase the pride people have in your company, increase their engagement. And it's the same thing you have with civic groups. Like you pull somebody into a new civic group. If you don't give them a committee to be on or other things to do, they just kind of slip by the wayside and, and they, they just fall off. You have to keep the, your employees engaged. The next one, satisfaction with leaders. A leader's effectiveness has a significant impact on engagement and employee pride in the company. And if there's a lack of trust in either the top of the leadership team or an immediate supervisor, pride falters. And there are some key behaviors leaders can use to build pride, okay? And that's what I'm going to talk about right here real quick. Um, there's actually four key behaviors leaders can use to build pride. Inspiring and stretching others. Pushing hard on others does does little to generate pride, but inspiring others is a key to helping direct reports feel a strong sense of pride. Leaders who have the ability to energize their direct reports and motivate them to accomplish um, objectives create an atmosphere where pride grows. Is If you ask people to think of a time when they accomplished a difficult or challenging task, when they talk about that experience, you'll see a sense of pride inside of them that they have or ha- had in their accomplishments. And when people accomplish challenging tasks, they're proud of themselves, which in turn builds pride in the organization. Next one's communicating the vision and values of the organization. Leaders who are skilled at helping others understand the vision. They understand the direction and they understand the purpose of the organization and they have team members with more pride. It's hard to be proud of something when you don't understand how your role benefits others, 
Um, oftentimes, too many leaders believe everyone in the organization understands this, but the most successful leaders continuously communicate this message to their teams. There's a saying, and I can't remember it right now. What it reminds me of is when I'm working with a shop owner and we're trying to change a behavior or change a process or procedure in the shop, the shop owner will go out and the first week be like, hey, team, we're going to do this. We're going to start at Monday. And these are all the steps we're going to take to to follow it. Have a follow-up meeting the next week. And it's like, the shop owner's like, hey, we talked about this last week. You should be doing it. Why aren't you doing it? What the hell's going on? And then the third week, we don't bring it up or whatever. And then the shop owner's like, well, that didn't work. Well, it didn't work because you didn't stick with it long enough. You have to, if, if there's a habit you want to change, if there's something you want to do, you have to be stubborn. And I say this all the time and people laugh and they think I'm nuts with it. Getting employees to, to be on the same page with you and everything else, um, getting employees to do what you want them to do is like training a dog. If you continually train that person or train that dog reward them when things are going right and coach them when things are going wrong, then you can teach that dog to hunt. And you can also teach employees to take your business where you want it to go. The the last one in that section is leaders are role models. When leaders do what they say they will do, pride is alive and well. And when leaders say one thing and do another, no one is proud. And so that's what you're doing in that. You're saying, oh, I want this behavior to be changed. But then you're not you're not making it important enough for you to stick with it because that's what employees say, right? Employees say, "Hey, that was important for a week or two, but they haven't checked in or followed up or disciplined me on it, so it must have not it must not have been that important." Okay, going back to our original bullets, a general sense of fairness in the organization when when people feel that team members are treated fairly and that business practices with customers are fair, pride is strong, and where there are questions about fairness, pride suffers. The next one, the organization's a good corporate citizen. Organizations that make an effort to support and provide service in their local communities often question the time and expense of such activities. More oftentimes than not, though, these efforts have a positive impact on the pride that team members feel. And and I will tell you, I went to that grand opening, hundreds of people there. They had uh, uh, people from the Chamber of Commerce speaking. They had local state representative there. And you could tell that the employees were were happy to be there and that they were reveling in the fact that they were a part of this team and a part of this culture. Career success, growth, and development. When team members learn and develop new skills, their pride in themselves and their company increases. Providing development in an organization can have a significant positive impact on the pride that is felt. Um, but I want to go back and talk about growth and development. You can't just bring a new employee in and say, here's your phone, sell service. And you can't bring a technician in and say, park your tools there, start fixing cars. You have to give them a sense of pride and let them know where they're going to be six months from now, a year from now, two years from now. If they don't know where they're headed, then they're going to be some of that 45% of people that quit in the first year and go somewhere else until they find a place that can do it. We spend so much time and energy hiring people, and then we just screw it up in the first week because we don't assign a mentor. We don't fit into their plans. We don't have a plan. We just know that we needed a warm body. We hired a warm body, and there they are. Okay? Stop failing your employees like that, especially your new hires. Having a strong sense of pride in the organization you work for you know, may seem trivial, but it can do much to impact bottom line results. Employees who are proud are less likely to quit. 
They're more likely to recommend the organization as a good place to work to others, potential employees. And, and they often do an excellent job of marketing company products to others. If you have a technician or service advisor, whoever that wears their uniform out in town to the grocery store, somebody could come by and be like, hey, I need my car fixed. Is this a good place to go? And then they, they will talk about that and they will be a soldier for your business. Okay. You'll also be hearing a lot less of the infamous and telling statement. It's not in my job description. This has been Coach Chris Cotton from Autofix Auto Shop Coaching, reminding you that it never always gets worse, but sometimes it has to get worse to get better. Please feel free to reach out to me, Chris at AutofixSOS.com, or give me a call, 940-400-1008. Time to rise and grind, everyone. You've been listening to The Weekly Blitz with Coach Chris Cotton on the AftermarketRadioNetwork.com. Follow Chris on your favorite podcast listening app. Let him know what you'd like him to cover. His email is in the show notes. Chris is all for advancing the aftermarket.